My guest today is Christopher Malter, the CEO of Avalon AI. Thank you, Chris, for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Terry. Absolutely. I know we've been trying to get this interview done for quite a while, so I'm pleased that we're finally making it happen. I'm going to start by explaining what I understand of Avalon AI to do, and then you can fill in the blanks and expound for me. Sound good? Yep, sounds good. All right. It's a data analytic company that collects data on opioid prescribing surrounding surgery procedures. As many of you know, each surgeon and anesthesiologist has their own medication preferences for procedures. That includes pre-op, peri-op, post-op. Obviously, they think that their preferences work and in some cases work best, which is why they have them, right? But are these med combinations and amounts really the best when looking at outcomes? And this is where I understand Avalon AI comes in. They look at the data, including patient outcomes, and then they use that data to find ideal treatment plans for patients. How did I do, Chris? That was very good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right. So tell us more about what Avalon does. Okay. Um, so real quick. So Avalon AI is a value-based data analytics company. And value-based is one of those, you know, I kind of equate it to like the word love, right? It's, it's, there's so many interpretations of it. It's been around for a long time, but data is really integrating itself into treatment outcomes more and more. So the delivery of healthcare and data is becoming sort of their, they're combining and joining as it relates to the overall best outcomes or delivery of care. And so with, um, with uh, Avalon AI, uh, we are doing that, right? There are no prescribing habits. There's no baselines for every single procedure throughout the United States. There's no baseline for opioid prescribing, which is kind of crazy to your point. And so we are um, addressing that at the point of care because you know the us is going through a major opioid epidemic and um you look we you know I, i'm going to talk a little controversial here um you, you know we've all been impacted by opioids in some way or another right a friend right a family member whomever it is and i i think we're at a point right now where we really have to just sort of corral this and understand this and have an understanding where, okay, here's the prescribing habits for, you know, this person who's this age, uh, they have their weight, age, whatever it is, they're going in for this procedure, and that's it. Like, that should be it. What happens is, you, you know, there's, there's more people that go in for, for example, for a rotator cuff and come out because their pain tolerance is not, you know, not well, it's not good at all. And they ended up taking more and more opioids post-op and ultimately become addicted. So that's where we're, you know, that's where Avalon AI comes in. Okay. Does it also take into consideration a patient's pre-exposure to opioids? Because some are going to be more tolerant and others are naive. And so that makes a difference, right? Absolutely. On yep. what they need. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Yep, it does. So you, you look at all those factors, the kind of case their age, their weight, I'm assuming renal, kidney function type. Um, that is there any pharmacode 
genetics that is used with any of this? So, so far, um, right now, we're, we do not integrate any, um, any data at that level, okay. but it doesn't mean we can't. It's just, yeah. that, it's just that right now we're, it's sort of when you, it's sort of new to a lot of hospital systems. You would sure. be very, very surprised at the amount of hospital systems that absolutely are not addressing opioid, the opioid epidemic. They have yeah. no reduction program. Um, and from a policy perspective, it's, it's a major issue. And hmm. so we, you know, we're here to help. We've, we're doing this uh, throughout the United States with many, many hospital systems, major, well-recognized, uh, highly recognized hospital systems and ASCs. And that, that includes inpatient, right? So length of stay, four days, two days, whatever it is. And then ASCs, ambulatory service surgery centers, which are traditionally outpatient procedures. Right. So do you follow, do you pick up the patient at the pre-op stage when they've been admitted? Um, I'm assuming most of those don't have prescriptions pre, it's just they're getting in pre-op and then they go through things and then they get their post-op discharge prescription. Do you follow that as well? I mean, which, how far do you follow them? That's a great question. So when we first started this, we were initially focused on uh, admission all the way through to post-op and then we would we would not follow the patient now we have the technology where we we can engage the patient two months before six weeks before a procedure four weeks before um and because we have an app that they engage with and all the way through it could be six months following uh the procedure four months following procedure where it's an interactive AI app and they ask questions. Hey, I'm having a lot of pain. Uh, you know, should I continue taking my medication or, Hey, um, I, I haven't taken much medication, but I still have a lot of pain. What do I do? Right. That those kind of simple questions where the availability of a surgeon or a nurse is not there. And we can answer that through obviously AI. Okay. And do you ask them questions? I think right now your focus is primarily orthopedic. Is that yes. correct? Is that still correct? Okay. So do you ask questions surrounding the whole physical therapy rehab? Like, are you back to, you know, 90% of your baseline activity versus, you know, where are you on that healing process? Yes. Uh, and we are getting further into overall behavior where um, we have partners, um, one in particular is Signature Health, where we engage the patient as a healthy patient. So it's not symptomatic. It's basically just overall behavior. How are you feeling? I'm fine. And then if they are feeling under the weather or if there's issues related to, you know, again, if they're having rotator cuff issue, knee surgery, whatever it is, knee issues, we can guide them and marry them to the right physician based upon, you know, our network. And that ultimately will address, um, you know, obviously we're addressing opioid issues, right, and prescribing habits, but also overall issues like length of stay, readmission rates, right, right. lower costs, uh, and then access to healthcare. So um, what are we doing? Healthcare has to change, Terry, as you know, our, our, our system is very fragmented. And so what are we doing? We're, we're providing 
access to healthcare on all levels, all socioeconomic levels, right? So, you know, the average, if it, uh, for a self-insured entity that is making $40,000 or $50,000 living in a, let's just say a lower socioeconomic uh, area, we can marry that patient to the best quality physician where in their general uh, area, geographic area. It could be 10 miles, 15 miles, 20 miles, but that's all based upon data. That's okay. never been done before. Not on reviews. We don't have to read Google reviews. No, not on Google <laughs> reviews. Performance. Yeah. That's because yeah. that's, that's how most patients get it, right? You're, you're absolutely right. right. Yeah, word of mouth or looking, you know, were people happy? And then, of course, there's always somebody that wasn't happy. So then you have to figure out why they weren't happy. Right. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, I mean, I've, some people listening may have heard these stories before, but I have three experiences with different people. One was an, actually two were ACL repairs and, um, one person did not take opioids afterwards, one, one tablet that they didn't like the, the feeling. And then they went on to recover very well and a hundred percent and in a very timely manner as, as timely as you can get for a surgery like that. Whereas another person did get pretty hefty prescriptions after did take them, ended up needing a refill, did not become addicted to it in any way, but the recovery time was tremendously longer. And she and I talked about it and she said, I kind of wonder if it's because I kept taking the Percocet and I'm just like, eh, I don't feel like doing my PT and getting up to do anything. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and then another person, um, my husband actually, that had uh, not orthopedic surgery, but um, Achilles snapped his Achilles and, you know, at a ripe old age of in his fifties and didn't take any opioids because his wife is a, a pharmacist and I was going to give it to him for, you know, 24 hours is all you get, buddy. Um, mm -hmm. Ended up being even less than that. But the, his physician said, I cannot believe how quickly you have recovered. I, you know, somebody of your age and, you know, recovering like that. So those are some stories that I have of just people that didn't take the opioids after versus those that did not to mention anything that happened in surgery. Of course, I don't know what they were given then, but um, it can, it really can make a difference. Now your product was developed for, you know, outcomes and best practices and stuff, but I think a byproduct of that is when it goes into a hospital facility and you're starting to look at the data and each individual person's anesthesia providers data and usage. Have you had any cases where the facility starts to look at the data and think, Hmm, we've got an outlier here. This anesthesiologist is using quite a bit more administering quite a bit more. I think we may have, a diversion problem. Have you seen any of that come out of the use of your product? Yes. Uh, so, you know, it, it's funny. Um, AI in the past has traditionally not addressed sort of behavior. It's only addressed risk assessment. Um, so it's integrated data with a risk assessment element. 
we've embraced the patient and the provider and the payer, all three. So in this case, to your point, um, yes, we follow the patient all the way through, uh, but then on the provider side, it, it's incredibly important to, uh, to recognize on a hyper level, you know, who's prescribing what and if there are spikes. And indeed, we, we have had this happen. Um, and um, it really is, uh, it, you know, when we first developed the product, believe it or not, we developed it uh, in a similar situation for the CDC in this capacity. Uh, so, so it really does um, adhere to um, identification of um, those providers that are overprescribing or um, might not adhere to the necessary standards of co- uh, associated with certain procedures. In that case, what do we do? Um, we usually uh, uh, act as a third party where, you know, we are sort of providing the necessary data uh, as an independent uh, party that ha- that maintains the integrity of the data uh, on behalf of the institution and the provider. Um, in this way, there's no partiality and it, data is data, it doesn't lie. And right. so then there's questions and then the procedures as it relates to what to do in this case is really up to the institution itself. Right. Yeah. Because you've got all of that. One, you're honed in on the procedure, the type of procedure, and then you've got all the patient information. So you really can compare, you know, without all of that information, you're just looking at a bunch of anesthesiologists or CRNAs that are using meds. But it's like, oh, you know, you got to dig deep into that chart to figure out if there's any anomalies. Right. Um, But you've got all of that information within that data. So that is, that is great. So you're really plugging a hole that I think exists out there that it's just really difficult to monitor the OR for diversion when it comes to providers. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I think um, another element here is time, right? Resources, because Mm -hmm. I think everybody's busy. Right. And so when you have a, you know, an entity like ours that this is what we do for a living, like this is our core competency. It really does um, show value, significant value as it relates to overall cost. Right. Uh, Obviously, deviation of policies and procedures from a provider perspective, Um, even even from a hospital system addressing overall um, uh, premium insurance premiums. Uh, you know, if, if we were going to address best practices so that ultimately we lower the risk, that will have a dramatic effect on premiums from a hospital perspective. And the same applies to self-insured entities that are looking for lower costs because they don't look at, you know, sort of the entire delivery of care in this capacity. They, they look at other uh, metrics that um, are traditional metrics, whereas this this addresses outcomes and has, it's sort of a better, better mousetrap. Okay. So that would be part of the return on investment for the facilities? Yes. Okay. Yes. And does that, that take time then? I mean, you have to go through the year with this product to then see the differences and then the insurance groups and stuff see, okay, your outcomes were better. We're lowering premiums or how does that work? I, literally, I mean, we, we could start seeing 
results in three months. So one quarter we'll see results. But to your point, we, you know, our goal would be uh, to really show, you know, any kind of deviation or benefits, you know, um, we, you know, we suggest that 12 months minimum. Okay. Okay. To see. Okay. All right. Um, I saw a recent article. There was a Stanford study of opioid naive Medicaid patients developing opioid dependency after their first prescription. Are you familiar with that article? I am. Have you read it by chance? Okay. So what are your thoughts on how, um, well, I guess maybe summarize the article for us if you've, if you've read it and then tell us how Avalon AI can fit into something like that. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think it was an incredibly important um, study. Uh, it was out of Stanford. Basically, it, it identified the results were that uh, 30% of all Medicaid patients um, naive uh, based, which are which are patients that are that are sort of not uh, familiar or don't take opioids. Yeah. Um, those type of patients, 30 percent post-op, once they leave the hospital, end up as addicts or they have some sort of um, and that's Medicaid. OK, and that's what I'm talking about. You know, we live in a world right now where everybody's addressing, you know, equality and and, you know, maintaining a certain level of um, you know, equality from a social, you know, socioeconomic perspective. I absolutely agree with that in healthcare. Healthcare to me is like, we, you know, water, right? Everybody should have access to healthcare and good healthcare, right? And so I, I think this is a, a major clinical that, um, that really demonstrates that we're, we are still in the weeds as it relates to the, you know, the delivery of healthcare in this country. And, for hospital systems and ASCs providers, self-insured entities, uh, it is their responsibility. They must be held accountable to address this issue on an ongoing basis. And and Avalon AI can easily do this. You know, we we this is what we do for you know this is again this is our core competency. This is what we live, mm -hmm. and yeah. this is this is what makes us uh, you know differential. And again, what what will it do? It will address. Uh, you know, the whys, right? How do we change behavior so it's not like that? How do we, how do we make it so that, um, you know, Medicaid patients, once they leave a, you know, a hospital system or an ASC after, again, having knee surgery or whatever it is, that there is a follow-up, that they are not, that they are adhering to their regimen if, because every pain is completely subjective. You know, you're not taking too many pain pills. You're being monitored. You know, like you, you talk about, you know, the situation with your, your husband, you were there monitoring. If we could just have that where there's somebody, and, and again, through technology, we can do that, where we can monitor the patient and they interact with the, with technology, just like a typical app. And of course, there's physical, there's personal uh, relationships as well, personal uh, um, interaction with, with uh, some of our partners like Signature Health. Um, that will absolutely bring that number down. And, and, it, and it, we are required, we are responsible as providers. We must do this. Right, right. Well, and, and through best practice, you know, if we can find that certain kinds of patients or certain kinds of procedures, we don't need the opioids after. Nope. 
I mean, and then we just reduce it. And then we reduce all of the bottles that everybody has in their medicine cabinets too, because we all keep them for after. Yep. All right, great. So you're in ortho now. Do you have plans for expanding into different types of surgeries? Yes. So we're now getting into spine and what's happening. Um, we are segueing into other divisions, other departments like cardiovascular, um, diabetes, uh, disease states, um, because they're seeing obviously the return on investment. They're seeing the relevance. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've got the basic structure. It's probably not terribly difficult to expand into different areas, but I think it's great. I think it makes sense that you decided to focus in one place and orthopedics was probably a pretty good place to, to focus. There's a lot of opioids that go through that. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Chris. This is really informative and I think it's um, maybe a, a product that people don't realize are out there and can be used to supplement what they are already doing in their diversion mitigation and monitoring programs and add another layer that really can bring some great patient safety and some best practices to their institution. So I think it's great. Yep. Thank you, Terry. And, and if anybody wants to get in touch, uh, they can email me. So I'll, can I, I'll just give my email. Sure. So it's cm at Avalon AI. .co, CM, Christopher Malter, at avalonai.co. It's easy. All right. Yep. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Chris. You have a great rest of your day. Okay. Thanks, Terry.